to deliver me.
Scripture readings for this, the fourth Sunday of Easter, that Sunday that we also designate as Good Shepherd Sunday, the first reading from the second chapter of the Acts of the Apostles. They devoted themselves to the Apostles' teaching and fellowship to the breaking of bread and the prayers. And awe came upon every soul, and many wonders and signs were being done through the Apostles, and all who believed were together and had all things in common. And they were selling their possessions and belongings and distributing the proceeds to all as any had need. And day by day, attending the temple together and breaking bread in their homes, they received their food with glad and generous hearts, praising God and having favor with all the people. And the Lord added to their number day by day those who were being saved. O Lord, have mercy upon us. Thanks be to God. The second reading from the second chapter of 1 Peter, verses 19 through 25. This is a gracious thing. When mindful of God, one endures sorrows while suffering unjustly. For what credit is it if when you sin you are beaten for it you endure? But if when you do good and suffer for it you endure, that is a gracious thing in the sight of God, for to this you've been called, because Christ also suffered for you, leaving you an example so that you might follow in his steps. He committed no sin, neither was deceit found in his mouth, and when he was reviled he did not revile in return, and when he suffered he did not threaten, but continued entrusting himself to him who judges justly. He himself bore our sins in his body on the tree, that we might die to sin and live to righteousness. By his wounds you have been healed. For you were straying like sheep, but have now returned to the shepherd and overseer of your souls. O Lord, have mercy upon us. Thanks be to God.
We stand in respect of Christ, of whom the Holy Gospel is read. The Holy Gospel according to St. John, the 10th chapter. And Jesus said, Truly, truly, I say unto you, he who does not enter the sheepfold by the door, but climbs in by another way, that man is a thief and a robber. But he who enters by the door is the shepherd of the sheep. To him the gatekeeper opens. The sheep hear his voice, and he calls his own sheep by name, and he leads them out. And when he has brought out all of his own, he goes before them, and the sheep follow him, for they know his voice. A stranger they will not follow, because they will flee from him, for they do not know the voice of strangers. This figure of speech Jesus used with them, but they did not understand what he was saying to them. And so Jesus again said to them, Truly, truly, I say to you, I am the door of the sheep. All who came before me are thieves and robbers, but the sheep did not listen to them. I am the door. If anyone enters by me, he will be saved and will go in and out and find pasture. The sheep comes only to steal and kill and destroy. I came that they may have life and have it abundantly. O Lord, have mercy upon us. Thanks be to God. Forever, O Lord, your word is firmly set in the heavens. Lord, I call back the nation of your Blessed are those who hear the word of God and keep it. Lord, I love and have of your house and the places where Glory be to the Father and to the Son and to the Holy Spirit.
grace and mercy and peace be yours from God our Father and from our Lord Jesus Christ. Our text this morning is from the 10th chapter of St. John. Truly, truly, I say to you, I am the door of the sheep. If anyone enters by me, he will be saved and go in and out and find pasture. This is our text. Your friends in our Lord Jesus. For sheep, doors are critical. For one thing, they keep in those things that should stay in, and they keep out those things that should stay out. So it's awfully easy to see why, for the good of the sheep, doors are so crucial. But they are because sheep are sheep. They go astray. And not just periodically, it's their usual and their natural tendency and habit to do so. They're famous for it. Famously or or maybe even infamously, sheep will wander away from the security and the safety and the sustenance that's assured them in the fold by the shepherd. Of course, for sheep, it's dangerous wandering off. Because besides their natural and wayward tendencies, sheep by nature also, they're relatively defenseless creatures. Have you thought about that? They're not especially fast or evasive. They're not unusually clever. In fact, sheep are rather known for their seeming lack of intelligence. They're not strong, are they? They're not vicious in defense. They are indeed no match, especially all alone, no match for the beasts that prey on aimless and helpless sheep. It's easy to see why sheep are in constant need of care and supervision and doors. Given the nature of sheep, it's it's easy to see why the Lord throughout the scripture compares you and me to, to sheep. Naturally, we tend to go wayward too, don't we? Whether it's because we're discontent with the present pastures of life and looking elsewhere, in other places that we think we might find greener grass, or because we're simply aimless in our wandering, knowing not really where we're going, caring even less. Whatever the particular reason, the general truth of Scripture remains, all we like sheep have gone astray. Astray from God. In fact, in our epistle reading today, our second reading for the day, Peter, Peter uses a very significant grammatical device. When paraphrasing Isaiah there, he uses a verb tense that's used to drive home the habitual and the customary nature of, of doing something. So to say, you were as sheep, he writes, regularly and habitually going astray. And that statement says a lot. Sure, it says a lot about the nature of sheep. It says more, though, I think, about you and me and our natural and habitual tendency. We wander. It's well worth noting, though, that sometimes when we wander, it is off on our own. And Scripture says as much, all we like sheep have gone astray. Isaiah adds each one to his own way. And Isaiah's right, isn't he? Often we go off in our own waywardness alone. We think that we know the way, we know it best. It starts even from a young age. Consider, consider our little lambs of infancy, how they grow up and, and they grow older and enter into high school, into college, and into the wide, wide world, a world that encourages trailblazing, especially in things spiritual. A world that does all within its power to diminish 
in fresh young minds the importance of staying within the fold, wherein God locates security and spiritual safety and and sustenance. Perhaps you yourself are aware of those all the predatory dangers for wandering sheep, maybe you've learned in your years, maybe you've learned the hard way how far off we can wander when we wander off. Maybe a week or two break from church turned into years. Maybe even decades away from the weekly care and the replenishing sustenance that our Lord here provides for us weekly in the divine service. Maybe it wasn't the unintended, but maybe the deliberate attempt it was to go, to go your own way. Having been led, or rather probably misled, into believing that you're the, the shepherd of your own life. Then again, perhaps this is maybe exactly where you find yourself today. Far afield, having wandered long and having wandered far away from the green grass of home. All we like sheep have gone astray, some this way, some that way. Sometimes, though, sometimes we go wayward, and when we do, we go not each one in a different direction, though, but we wander as a group, and we each go astray together. Reminds me of a small flock of sheep I once saw at the Indiana Highland Games, Scottish festival held every year on the campus of of the seminary in Fort Wayne. Festival celebrating Scottish culture through the native dress and the dance, the food, the arts and crafts. Undoubtedly, you've been to some of these these festivals yourself. This one had bagpiper brigades, traditional outdoor Scottish games like caber tossing, telephone pole throwing. This one also had sheep herding demonstrations, and I was most intrigued, fascinated by these, but I was intrigued by watching the sheep because, well, sometimes they did wander off individually, one over here by itself, one over there by itself. At other times, especially when it heard the bark of the dog, the sheep would, in surprisingly tight formation, they'd scatter together as a group, scattering this way as a unit, racing this way quickly, and then all of a sudden as a group turning that way, this way and then that way, aimless, it would seem, and astray, but yet wandering as a group. Fascinating to watch, but a good reminder, too, it was of, of our tendency at times to wander in flocks. With a herd-like mentality and misguided by our, our sinful impulses and instincts to wander, sometimes we'll each go our own direction together, though God's Sheep going this way, then suddenly changing course and going that way, and chasing doctrines and, and chasing practices that don't have their roots in his pastures green. It's a wandering problem near as old as God's people. Habitually, it, it is, it seems, wandering into the confessions and the beliefs and the practices of those among whom they lived. The Canaanites, perhaps, the Egyptians, the Babylonians, endlessly God's people wandering into other confessions and neighboring pastures. Have things changed very much? Or does God's assessment spoken once to Jeremiah long ago, does it still hold true today? He said, my people have been lost sheep. They have gone from mountain to hill and have forgotten their resting place. Wayward tending and 
and defenseless as we sheep can be, it's easy to see why doors, for all that they keep in and all that they keep out, it's easy to see why doors are so crucial. Of course, they're necessary too for another reason, and and that means, and that reason is access. Doors are access, aren't they, to the shepherd's fold? Access, protection, doors are indeed important. Certain tourists, once visiting the Syrian countryside, certainly knew this multidimensional importance of, of doors for sheep and for the fold. That they were both access and protection. One evening, the tourist in the Syrian countryside, the tourist observed a certain shepherd. And he observed with much interest how this certain Syrian shepherd drove all of his sheep into, into the sheepfold. I was often... Rather, they are often constructed now, even as they were for many years, as stone wall, an enclosing stone wall. There's one entrance, but one entrance to the fold. But the tourists noticed that on the opening there was neither door nor gate, and it puzzled him. Troubled him a bit, too, because he knew the nature of sheep. Knew the kind of animals that sheep tended to be, and so he remarked to the shepherd, he said, It's a fine fold you have here. The walls are high and they're, they're strong. But he said, I couldn't help but notice that there's no door on the opening. Can't all the wild beasts that roam these hills get in there? No, answered the shepherd. No, because I am the door. And then he went on to explain it. He said, you see, when the sheep are in for the night, I lie down in that doorway. No sheep can get out except over my body and no wolf and thief can get in. You have to come through me first. Truly, truly, saith your shepherd, I am the door for the sheep. I alone, he says, am the protection. I alone am the access, says Christ Jesus, to the Father's fold. That's not a very popular thing to say. It wasn't very popular when Christ first said it. Still isn't in our day. You know well that in our day you hear the voices of talk show host and denominational religious leader, politician, cultural talking head alike, all declare to you that there are many doors, that there are many ways into the one eternal fold of God. You hear these voices, but they make you feel uncomfortable. And well, they should, because they're not the voice of your shepherd. Familiar to you and trustworthy is the voice of him who's been your shepherd ever since baptism's quiet waters. Don't listen to the unfamiliar voices. Your shepherd's tone is very clear. He said, I am the way and the truth and the life. No one comes to the Father but by me. Therefore, Peter echoed the familiar tone in his preaching and his writing. You remember he said there's no salvation. There's salvation in none other than in Jesus Christ, for there's no other name given under heaven among men by which we must be saved. That's why John wrote what he did, saying these things are written at the end of his gospel account. These things are written that you may believe that Jesus is the Christ, the Son of God, and that believing you may have life in his name. 
That's why you heard Christ say what he did today. I am the door, he says. If anyone enters by me, he will be saved and will go in and out and find pasture. Friends, whether it brings sheep in or keeps them from wandering out into the other confessions and pastures, it's crucial to note this about that one door. The one and only door to this fold is clearly cross-shaped. You see, the way, the door, the way bears the shape of the truth. That on the cross, the shepherd, Christ Jesus, died for sheep who love to wander. He laid down his life for you. That's how he went out, like your bulletin cover beautifully depicts. That's how he went out to retrieve you wherever you had wandered. He laid down his life for you. And all of his work alone, it puts you right before God and puts you back into the fold. His cross-flung arms extended out to retrieve you. So you see, the way it's cross-shaped, the way bears the shape of the truth. And trusting in that cross-shaped truth, that alone brings life. And Peter knew that. And so, charged by the risen Lord with feeding his sheep, those feeding words of his that he delivered could be none other than words cross-shaped. Words shaped by and words in the shape of the cross. So we heard him today declare it to us in his epistle. The same words, cross-shaped words, delivered not only to those already in the fold, but words, too, given also through which countless Christians through the generations would come into the fold by faith. Cross-shaped words. Remember what he wrote? He said, he bore our sins in his own body on the tree. That's cross-shaped. That we, being dead to sin, might live unto righteousness. For you were like sheep going astray, he said. But now have returned to the shepherd and the overseer of your souls. The clear confession of Christ crucified is what brings sheep in. It's what keeps them in. Keeps them in the fold. My friends, today the shepherd's voice has drawn you. Again, as it were, into the fold here. And here you're assembled. Here you sit. In this place, as we look around, I suppose we too have high stone walls. Walls high and strong. And if you noticed, we all entered through the one door, didn't we? We entered through the one door, and as you entered through that door in the back, you were met as you are each and every time that you enter here into this place. You, you were met by that same stained glass image in the back of him who is the door for the sheep, Christ Jesus. And each and every time you enter in here and you notice, you notice him greeting you. With those nail-pierced hands outstretched in welcome. And underneath are these words. Come unto me. Come unto me all that labor. All of you who are weary. Come unto me. Are you weary? Have wanderings left you worn? Here then, through him, here you'll find pasture. 
Here then, safely graze on the fresh and the tender word of your sins forgiven. In Christ Jesus, here then, find rest for all your troubled hearts. Find rest by those quiet baptismal waters where he first told you that I will be with you. Even though and when you do enter through the valley of the shadow of death, I am with you. Here does he prepare table for you in the presence of all the world around you, your sins that you come here week after week seeking sanctuary from. Right here through these things does he restore your soul. Indeed, dear friends, dear people of his pasture, this is your resting place. This is your pasture. Here and wherever Christ-shaped forgiveness and salvation is found in preaching and sacrament to be, as bountifully and freely supplied as the grazing grass of endless hillsides. He said, I am the door of the sheep, Jesus said. If anyone enters by me, he will be saved and will find pasture. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen.
risen Lord Jesus Christ, seeking God's mercy for his church, for the world, for our nation, and for all of those in need. We pray. For your flock, the church, gathered by the Good Shepherd to listen to the word of truth by which you keep them in the one true faith. For your sheep who have been scattered by persecution, that they may be sustained in the faith and granted your daily grace to endure. And for those who have wandered from the fold, that they may be returned and restored to the flock. Lord, in your mercy, hear our prayer. For the proclamation of the name of Jesus in all the earth, that all of your pastors may preach your word faithfully and administer your sacraments rightly, so that forgiven and enabled by your grace, your people may confess you boldly throughout the world. Lord, in your mercy, hear our prayer. For the governments of the world, that they may maintain law and order and protect and defend the basic human rights of those they are ordained by you to serve and promote policies that engender peace and protect human life and encourage all people to serve their neighbors. Lord, in your mercy, hear our prayer. For the men and the women of our armed forces throughout the world, especially those in Iraq and Afghanistan, that you would protect and defend them from all harm and danger and return them safely to their homes. Lord, in your mercy, hear our prayer. For the cities and the suburbs and the towns and the rural areas of our nation, that each may be safe from storms and floods and fires and other forces of nature that would bring them ruin and destruction. Lord, in your mercy, hear our prayer. For marriages and families throughout our land, that this basic institution of our society may be preserved from those who would weaken it from within or destroy it from without. Lord, in your mercy, hear our prayer. For the lonely, that they would find encouragement in the fellowship and concern of your people, Lord, in your mercy, hear our prayer. For the sick and the suffering, that they would be healed of their afflictions or granted the daily strength and hope of faith to endure them, especially Paul Duell and the Lathams and the Munches, Shirley Brackman for the hospitalized, including our brother Fred Hine, as he patiently endures his suffering for those rehabilitating from falls or surgery, especially Slim Paul and Marna Anderson and Barbara Rideout, for all who lovingly care for your sick and suffering servants, that they too would be granted your strength each day. Lord, in your mercy, hear our prayer. For those troubled by financial concerns and those seeking employment, that you would guide them and grant them confidence that you are their good shepherd, providing us with all that we truly need to sustain life and body and soul. Lord, in your mercy, Hear our prayer. For those who have in recent days and weeks walked through the valley of the shadow of the death with loved ones whom you have now called home, to that end we pray for Martin Rudnick and his family at the death of his son Edward, for Jeanette Brackman and her family at the death of her daughter Nadine, for Jose Rodriguez and his family at the recent death of his father, for the family of Kim McDonald, the sister of Pat McDonald who died recently. Comfort these and all of your grieving sons and daughters with the abiding presence and promises of your risen Son. Lord, in your mercy, hear our prayer. With all in heaven who have walked through the valley of the shadow of death and now dwell in your house above and await the resurrection of the dead, we give thanks to you, O Lord, and that you would keep us faithful unto the end and grant us the crown of everlasting life, Lord, in your mercy, hear our prayer. 
Holy Father, we commend all for whom we pray, trusting in your mercy through your Son, Jesus Christ, our Lord, who with your Holy Spirit intercedes for us until he, as the great shepherd of the sheep, appears again to gather his flock before your throne, where you live and reign, one God, now and forever. Amen. And hear us, Lord, as together we pray. Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done, on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread, and forgive us our trespasses, as we forgive those who trespass against us. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom, and the power, and the glory, forever and ever. Amen. The Lord be with you. And with your spirit. We pray. O Lord, our Heavenly Father, almighty and everlasting God, you have safely brought us to the beginning of this day. Defend us in the same with your mighty power, and grant that this day we fall into no sin, neither run into any kind of danger, but that all our doings, being ordered by your governors, may be righteous in your sight. Through Jesus Christ, your Son, our Lord, who lives and reigns with you in the Holy Spirit, one God, now and forever. Amen. Let us bless the Lord. Thanks be to God. The grace of our Lord Jesus Christ, the love of God, and the fellowship of the Holy Spirit be and abide with you all. Amen.